This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. to stop the Rileys. He drops back. Lucic looking for Everly. He's going. Going to the end zone. Now McDavid walks in right circle. Back to Everly. Touchdown Eskimo. One-timer score. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. Where, oh, where are the Eskimos going for their playoff game? We might find out tonight. We might find out during the course of this very program. Then again, we might have to wait until tomorrow afternoon. I can tell you right now, Winnipeg leads Ottawa 10-7 Friday night football in the CFL. Four minutes left in the first half. If Winnipeg does win, Eskimos fourth in the West. They cross over and will play Hamilton next Sunday. The Oilers shaking things up a bit with the line combinations as they get set to take on the New York Islanders tomorrow. We will talk about that. Assistant coach Jay Woodcroft will join me after the 6.30 news. We'll talk about the power play and about the uh, video challenge last night that I thought was a bit of a wasted challenge by the Oilers on a goal interference call. We'll see what the coaching staff was thinking there. We do have some open line time on the Oilers right now. 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. We'll hear from Patrick Maroon and Todd McClellan as we move along throughout the show too. How are you doing? Happy Friday. It's 608. I'm Reed Wilkins. This is Inside Sports on the voice of the Edmonton Oilers and the Edmonton Eskimos 6.30 Chet, and we have both teams on this station tomorrow. The doubleheader starts at 12.30 from the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium with the Eskimos pregame show, 2 o'clock for the play-by-play between the Eskimos and the Argos. Remember, if you're going to that game, we'd appreciate it if you brought something for 6.30 Chet Santa's Anonymous. You can donate a toy. You can donate a little bit of money. If you bring a check, we'll have your address, and uh, we'll send you... That sounded creepy. We'll have your address. But no, we'll be able to send you the uh, the tax receipt as soon as the Eskimos game ends, which should be right around face-off for the Oilers game. We'll go to Brooklyn. Jack and Bob will have the Oilers and the Islanders at 5, and then Rob and I overtime open line after that game. I was just doing some stat looking up on the old internet. The Edmonton Oilers are 0-8-1 in their last nine road games against the New York Islanders. Obviously, obviously it's been over a couple of uh, buildings. They lost 8-1 at the Barclays Centre last year. The Oilers did get a uh, overtime loss point back in December of 2005. Last road victory for the Oilers against the Islanders. December 14th, 1999. Your winning goaltender was Tommy Sallow. Your game-winning goal was scored by Mike Greer. Your attendance, a cozy gathering of 6,500 fans at Nassau County Coliseum. December 14th, 1999. 
last time the Oilers won a road game against the Islanders. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Brian on the line. Hey, Brian. Hey, Reed. Hello. Hi, Tommy who? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's funny, <laughs> eh? <laughs> Tommy Fallow. Haven't heard that name for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, uh, he played well for a couple of years. Oh, yeah. No, he he, he actually uh, he was a decent goaltender uh, for a few years for the Oilers. Um, yeah, that seems like a long time ago. I, I, I have a prediction they're going to win tomorrow. How come uh, you got that feeling? Well, I, I just think that uh, the Oilers, um, and and for you know for people that are already panicking about you know they're they're going back into into this this losing skid and it's going to be like last year and blah blah they're in every game even that game last night uh, I didn't see the whole thing but they were in it punch for punch with the Rangers in their building and and you look you you know you're looking at one of the top scoring teams in the league the hottest teams in the league at the time them in Montreal but uh, I love the way we played. Uh, just a few little mental, or I would say little, but a few maybe coaching errors or mental breakdowns, and it could could have been a different result. And uh, all, you know, the last three games were definitely winnable, and we were in them. So I'm not too worried about the Oilers uh, at all. And I think they are uh, they're going to bounce back. They're, they're they're you know they're due to they're due to win a game, and I think it's going to be tomorrow. Well, the Islanders aren't doing well. They're four, six, and one, and their play-by-play voice, Chris King, is going to be on with me later on tonight to uh, to tell you what's going on with them. But yeah, they're not off to a great start. So a chance for the Oilers to jump on them for sure. Did you, did you have an Eskimos comment as well, Brian? Well, yeah, I just just uh, just to say, uh, um, I'm still I'm still hoping we go to the, we go down east uh, and meet Calgary in the Grey Cup. I mean, I know that's still a ways away, but I think that would be a perfect scenario and a great way to end the season beating the you know the the self-acclaimed champs um this year and uh and even if even if we don't go through the east um i'm looking forward to um i'm looking forward to the playoffs i mean tomorrow's gonna be great you know just to be outside and and uh maybe watching ricky ray play his last game uh in the cfl as well yeah that's Um, that's a storyline to remember his 200th career start and, uh, yeah, I mean, that could be Ricky's last game. Morley and I are going to talk about that late, later on tonight. I, I hope the fans sort of keep that in their mind as they're watching that game because I'll go into this in more detail later on. It's uh, it's not a full Eskimos lineup, to say the least. You may have to uh, <laughs> have the, your program ready, especially for the receiving yeah. core. But, yeah. yeah, I think there there is something to remember there. That, that might be Ricky's last game. So what, what records uh, are the Eskimos? Uh, you know, close to because I mean, they might as well. I, I'm sure it'll be fun to watch. Uh, I know Riley's close to. Uh, yeah, Riley's, uh, I believe, 110 away from the Eskimos' single season passing record. I believe Bowman, it's, I think it's 52 yards away from a single season uh, receiving record. But I don't think, I don't think Bowman's going to see the field. I don't think, oh, really? he, I don't think here Walker will get any snaps. I think they'll yeah. dress and just stand there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so <laughs> Winnipeg, if Winnipeg wins. Tonight, we're fourth. Uh, then we're fourth. We can't. You mean we can't? Uh, if we win tomorrow, aren't we tied? Oh no, I they'd be two wins right ahead now. of us. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. We're, we're not tied right now. That's right. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Take all right. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Elvis on the line as well. Hey, Elvis. Hey, Reed. Hey, listen. Uh, you know, I've, I've been listening to 
I listen to sports talk all day long. Uh, I listen to it whenever I get a chance. I'm in my truck lots and whatever. And there's so many people, like even just people, never mind on the radio, just around that are panicking like crazy about the Oilers. They better they better realize that that uh, the uh, New York Rangers just beat two really really good teams, not easily but soundedly, like they like gave them a, gave them a licking as to put it. Uh, Five nothing in one game, and I believe it was five one in the other game. Uh, their last two opponents before us, yeah, Tampa and St. Louis. The, yeah, and we we they beat St. Louis five nothing, was it? Yeah, and six one Tampa Bay. Yeah. So, and we walk in there, and we we led that game. We scored, they tied. We scored, they tied. We scored, they tied. And you know, everyone's talking about Benning and all this other stuff, and all, you know, and like Eberle's Everly's all done, and you know, like uh, I don't know. I, it just seems like Everly's the new whipping boy where uh, where uh, Justin left off. Now, now everyone's picking on him or whatever, and saying that uh, number twenty-seven Lucic is way too slow. This team is a way different team. They're in games now, and we couldn't say that before. And I'll tell you what: your previous caller talked about them winning. I'm going to say in in, in I wouldn't be surprised if they if they came home with four points out of the possible six of these last three games on the road. Now it might be a win and uh, uh, two overtime losses. I don't know, but I just think these guys got a lot going on, and it's crazy. And 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 to watch these players, uh, yeah, there's some mistakes being made, and our power play has to get going. But to watch these guys play now, there's a whole different swagger to this team, and I love it. All right. Thanks, Elvis. Good to hear from you, buddy. All right. Have a good night, Reed. 780-496-0063. Drew's View texting into 63630. He says, I'm not buying this. We're in every game business. I remember the same thing being said last year. The jury is still out. Way out. That is from Drew's View. Uh, well, I remember at this time of year last year on this show talking about the Oilers not taking care of a lot of details in games and giving games away with really poor, you know, 8 to 10 or even full period stretches. I I think the stretches of poor play by the Oilers are a lot more are a lot shorter than they were last year and I think the mistakes are less grievous. Um I mean, I understand what Drew's saying. I mean, we we don't we don't want to talk about moral victories or or, or accept losing. But they were also one shot away from winning these two t- last two games late in the game, as, as opposed to you know losing games four two or or five two. Jared and Jake and Joel, we got the three J's up next on the phone line. It's Inside Sports on six thirty. Chat. For breaking news and expert opinion, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. 13-10, Winnipeg leading Ottawa. One minute left in the first half in the CFL tonight. Final weekend of the regular season in the NHL. My goodness, Columbus leading Montreal 5-0. They're only six minutes into the second period. Jets and Red Wings 1-1 after one. Coyotes and Ducks later. Raptors fell behind early, but now they lead the Heat 41-38 halfway through the second quarter. Jared is on the open line. Hello, Jared. Hi, Reed. Hello. 
Yes, uh, you know, I've, been, I've only seen, like, splintered pieces of the last few games. And, and just a couple of questions for you. Do you, first one is, do you see, like, a team identity kind of growing organically for the Oilers, like a style and, and what they're being noted for? And also, with uh, Peter Shirelli, like, he's a very intelligent, shrewd GM, and he's always evaluating. Do you think he's just planning to be patient, or do you think he has... Um, like a certain mark, like 30 or 40 games, where if it's not going as planned, he's going to make uh, make a move. Okay, the first part, I mean, I think identity-wise, I'm going to go back to what Todd McClellan talked about even like last summer when he was first hired, fast, hard, supportive. Fast doesn't mean skating fast, but they want to move the puck. They want to attack with confidence. They want to put keep the other team on on their heels. Hard. They want to play over top of the puck. They want to compete hard for pucks. They want to create frenzies around the other team's net. Regardless of size, they want you to be in battles and, and get inside the other guy's equipment. Supportive means both doing that both systematically on the ice and emotionally or whatever you want to call it on the bench and in the dressing room. I think that's they, where they want to take the team. I've seen signs of that a little bit last year, probably a little more this year. Um, I don't think they're anywhere near being a finished product. I mean, you're never finished, but, you know, being, I don't think they're as far along that road as they need to be. I, I think from Shirelli's standpoint, he's tried to bring in some players with a little more experience and who have the reputations for being able to overcome adversity. Probably guys like Lucic, Russell, Latestu being, being high up in that category. Uh, and I think probably, yes, if they're hanging around, a playoff spot or, you know, best case scenario, trying to win a division later on in the year, I could I could see a, a, a big in-season trade happening because yeah. last year I didn't think it was likely. I, I didn't think that he was making a big in-season trade. I mean, I know he did Scrivens for Cassie and, and got Maroon. Those weren't yeah. big in my mind. I, I I could maybe see him making more of a splash trade this year if he really thinks it's something that can put the team over a hump. And, and I know everyone's kind of beating up on Jordan Eberle, and, and you know I'm, I'm critical of him too, but do you think that at a certain point that, that with him, he's almost you know, kind of lost too much where this is kind of part of the way he plays. Like maybe he, he kind of falls back into those old habits that won't be able to be repaired. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I, I think I, I was, I was more critical of Everly last season than I am so far this year. Um, I, I mean, I think he, I think he's been competing fairly hard. I know, I know, people think he loses too many puck battles, but I think he's been fairly engaged most of the time. For me, the most frustrating thing about Everly is the way he releases his shot. You know, yeah. like, but he's done that his whole career, and and it's it's usually it's usually worked for him. I, I mean, the the question with Nugent Hopkins and Everly going forward is, will they be contributing enough given what they're paid? for them to be able to be retained under the salary cap structure. Yeah. Because Leon and Connor are going to make a lot of money, especially 97. Yeah, that's true. Thanks, Jared. Have a good night. Jake is on the line as well. Hey, Jake. Hey, how you doing? Good. Hey, so uh, I was wondering, uh, what's the likelihood if the Oilers don't make the playoffs? What's uh, Tom McClellan's job uh, looking like there? Uh, I, I just want to know what your opinion is on that. 
Uh, Todd McClellan will be the coach next year, even if they miss the playoffs. Oh, okay. Like unless well, it, in, unless it's just so bad and there's locker room decay, but it doesn't appear that's that's happening. Yeah, and it just really seems like the, their really offense, or their only defense is their potent offense there with, with uh, McDavid up front. And I, they really just need to work on their back end, in my opinion. And uh, they got good goalies and, and Gustafson and Talbot. So, like, defense is really the only thing you got to build on. And team chemistry, like, jumbling all the lines and stuff, is that really going to work? So you don't you, – I mean, I, I, I agree the defense could still be better, but do, do you don't think Larson and Russell have, have improved it a little bit or you're not a fan of those guys? Oh, Larson and Russell have contributed uh, uh, quite extensively there, but uh, you could get a, a, a bigger solid guy back there that uh, can contribute more offensively, like a guy like Subban or anyone like that, like – uh, a really, a really good defensive defense, and but when it comes to offense, they can put up the points as well. Well, that's I think that's the next luxury item on on Peter Shirelli's shopping list for sure. Hard to yeah. get, but you know maybe if they need to make maybe if they need something to go over the top, they they sacrifice a piece to to get a guy like that. Thanks, Jake. Appreciate it. We got a break. Joel, you're going to be up first after the news break, and then we'll bring in Jay Woodcroft from New York, assistant coach of the Edmonton Oilers. It's Inside Sports on six thirty. Chet, thanks for tuning in. Back after the news. This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oiler, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Shad. All right, so uh, these are the Oilers' lines from practice today. Maroon with McDavid and Eberle. Dry sidle between Lucic and Cassian. Nugent Hopkins with Pouliot and Pouliot-Yarvi. Letestu with Lander and Pitlick stays the slain with Slepeshev rotating in. Griba probably replacing Benning on defense. Gustafson will play a game in goal this weekend. We don't know which one yet. And uh, Cam Talbot will play the other one. Morning skate tomorrow before they play the Islanders. So we'll know a little more then. Thanks for joining us tonight. Assistant coach Jay Woodcroft coming up in a couple of minutes here. But Joel has been holing at 780-496-0063. Hey, Joel. Hey, how's it going tonight? Doing very well. Good, good, good. Um, just wanted to touch on a couple of things. Um, I guess the biggest problem, the biggest, uh, you know, I don't feel like I'm a bandwagoner, a bandwagoner, but it's kind of frustrating seeing the same old, same old a little bit, especially with the Toronto game. Um, I don't really want to beat a dead horse here, but when a six foot, hundred eighty three pound cadre runs your show, I think you got a problem. Um, I know I know it's probably not dire right now, but there's no way that what McDavid had to go through that night should have happened. I'm not saying Lucic has got to go pumble uh, Kadri. I'm not saying Maroon's got to do it. Cassian, I mean, I can go on and name three or four more players, but he, they, I have not. I did not see Kadri pick himself off the ice once. Maybe I'm blind. Maybe I missed the play. I don't know. But when and but as far as the Toronto Maple Leaf goes, I would think they couldn't be happy with with Kadri's game. But as an Oiler fan, to see that personally, especially with the team that we're icing these days and the guys that Shirelli went and got, it is a joke. There's no way Kadri should have been able to do that. Thoughts? Well, I, I, yeah, that's been a big discussion point this week. I, I mean, Joel, when it comes to that, a lot of people talk about pushback, and I hate that phrase. 
because I think successful teams have a push first mentality. And I don't think the Oilers or any other successful hockey team should have to wait for somebody on their team to be thrown to the ice to be engaged physically. Okay, even better. I, I like your scenario even better. So, so how can those guys on the bench, especially the, especially the new guys and the guys that are looking to prove themselves, Cassian, Lucic, Maroon's looking to re, you know, revitalize his career because of what happened in Anaheim. Like, why aren't they looking at each other and going, Let's go. I mean, I'm not saying anything dirty, but hey, if you got to take a major, take a major, whatever. If you got to take a, a, a two or three game suspension, I don't think that's you know outlandish. But when, when Cosby's running your show and you're not, as you say, and you're not initiating it in the first place, like how do you? How could that not resonate with the players when, at worst case, they see what he's doing to their best player? Well, you you raise a good point. I mean, obviously, I obviously don't have an answer for you, but it, there should have been more. I mean, I thought Nurse was probably the most engaged guy physically against the Leafs. Uh, he had a big hit on Marner. Yep. And uh, I think there was somebody else he paced it. I thought he was just pretty strong in, in and around his own net for sure. Uh, but you raise no, I didn't. I didn't see this, but Rob made a point after the Oilers beat Washington. You know, there was a line change, and the teams were crisscrossing at the bench, and Adam Larson gives Ovechkin a slash across the back of the legs. Now, he's played Ovechkin a lot in his career. He probably knew that maybe that would have an effect on him, or, you know, or he was reminding them that, that, that he was that there. That he was there, yeah. So, I mean, I, look, I, I, the, I can't give you a direct answer as for what happened on, on Tuesday night. I, I'm not personally in favor of doing something so extreme that you you take a suspension at least not as a first option fair um, enough but as you said they didn't initiate either and i don't see how with a team built like toronto was built versus a team like we are built how that sh- how that could even happen it just to me like i'm sure we're going to bounce back and everything's going to be fine i think a lot of fans are freaking out a little bit here but the team's too good to not get better but just to see that those old habits come into play even with the new guys it's it's really it's it's friggin' frustrating. No, oh, I I can hear that in your voice, Joel. Thanks for calling, man. I'm always here for <laughs> you. Okay. Right, yeah. Thanks. All right. 780-496-0063. You can also text six thirty six thirty. B Rad says the quick start for the Oilers messed up reality for the fans. The Oilers will be successful if they challenge for a wild card spot. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I, I B Rad. And by the way, I think it hasn't B Rad. He doesn't he send a couple hilarious texts over the last couple of years. I don't think he texts a lot, but I, I seem to remember he sometimes he texts some really funny stuff. Not often enough. Um, I look for 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 the fans who are being really positive, and we had a couple calls like that in the first half hour of the show. I don't think they're suggesting, all right, Western Conference Finals, Stanley Cup. I think they probably are saying, yeah, let's, that they believe the Oilers are competitive enough to maybe get a wild card spot. Or let's, let's face it, guys, for, for, for those of you who are really upset about the three game losing streak and think there are some bad things going on, you know, fair enough. We're going to pick that stuff apart. But how good is the Pacific Division this year? And let me ask you this. How good is the Western Conference this year? Is it possible that the East might be better than the West this year? I mean, the the, the Oilers are undefeated against the West. Now, they've only played the one Central Division team. Fair enough. But, uh, you know, I, I, I just think 
I, I, seven three and one is a better winning percentage than probably what the Oilers are going to finish with. Fair enough. Um, but I but I just think that the fans are being positive, aren't suggesting, yeah, they're going to go 52-28 and, and two and 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 win the Stanley. I, I I think I think the fans who are being positive are suggesting. Like I thought, thirty-eight wins was my prediction. I think the optimistic fans are hoping for forty-one to forty-three, and then you and then you probably sneak in, right? Or maybe in the Pacific, that's enough to be in the top three. You got like you got to keep the division race in mind. I think. All right, Rod's on the line here. Then we're going to go to a break. Then we'll get to Woodcroft. Go ahead, Rod. Just want to say, just just really quickly, read. Uh, Joel can climb off the ledge and relax a little bit. Cadre did not run our show. Uh, he pulled McDavid down early in the game, uh, kind of threw him to the ice. And, yeah, no response really at that point, but it was really early in the game. And then even Todd McClellan said he pulled a bit of a veteran move, tugging on the shoulder in overtime, and did the little shoulder pull, kind of catapulted himself forward and scored the overtime winner. I, I wouldn't call that running the Oilers' show, and I don't think what Joel was talking about, any kind of response, like that was necessary. It sounded like the only person freaking out was Joel. <laughs> All right, thanks, Rod. Good to hear from you. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. All right, we we do have the assistant coach of the team standing by, so let's take a break and then we'll bring in Jay Woodcroft. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader six thirty Chan. be fun at 7.30 tonight. We will go to Chicago and talk to w, uh, WGN Radio's Kevin Powell who was at Game 7 of the World Series in Chicago today for the big parade for the Chicago Cubs. That'll be an interesting first-hand perspective. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a nice Friday night lined up. It is 6.46. My name is Reed Wilkins. Inside Sports on 6.30. Ched, Oilers and Islanders tomorrow at 5 o'clock on this very station. Pleased to be joined from the Big Apple by Oilers assistant coach Jay Woodcroft. Jay, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Reed. Thanks for having me back on. Yeah, good to talk to you. Appreciate you making time for us in the middle of a, of a busy road trip. How was practice today? Practice was very good. It was uh, an opportunity for us uh, to get out, continue to work on our game while we're here uh, out on the road in New York City. Um, we had some things that we wanted to address um, uh, based on last night's game and also uh, getting getting ready for a very strong New York Islanders team tomorrow night. Obviously, it uh, looks like the lines are going to be a little different up front. Uh, Maroon skated with McDavid and Eberle. Pugliarvi was with Nugent Hopkins and Pugliot, uh, Lucic with Dreisaitl and, and Cassian. Uh, I, I, is this just a product? Well, the, the, the wins haven't been there the last three games. I mean, I know the lines are in constant flux often with the team anyway, so uh, just what was the thinking be, be behind some of these changes today? Well, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, we've got off to a, a fairly good start here, uh, but have had a bit... Uh, tough in the last three games in terms of finding uh, a way to win we've uh you know played certainly pretty hard uh fired lots of pucks on net but uh, haven't found a winning recipe 
So I think uh, anytime that happens, especially over a period of three games, that uh, as the coaching staff you get together and you look for ways to stir the drink a little bit. Um, as you mentioned, there were some new lines today in practice. We'll see uh, see how that goes going forward here. Sometimes, you know, that's a something that just happens on the day of practice to see how certain individuals would look and play with each other. Um, so we'll see going into tomorrow after our coaching staff meets tonight and uh, in preparation for tomorrow's game. Um, but certainly, uh, you know, we're excited about uh, the fact that we've, you know, we've been close and we've played hard in the last couple games. Uh, but now it's about trying to find that winning recipe. The uh, you know the power play has been uh, at least a discussion point for for me on on the show Rob Brown and I do after the games. You guys were able to connect last night. Uh, I know Chris Russell got some time there yesterday. And uh, look, I'm sure you would like to be able to have a little higher percentage and be a little higher up in the league rankings. From your perspective, Jay, what does the power play need to start doing that that maybe it hasn't been doing, or or how do you see where it's at right now? Well, Reed, I think. Uh as you mentioned, uh, percentage-wise, the you know our group isn't where we need need to be, and uh, you know certainly everybody's been aware of that. Um, we've worked hard uh, through video. We've worked hard on the ice uh, to try and get better every day, which is what our goal is. I think um, you know when you go through the stretch that we had through ten games there. Uh, you go and you try and search for every answer. And that did a lot of good work on trying to give some things uh, for our group to hang their hats on. Uh, one of them was, you know, to shoot shoot it more. You know, we believe that shooting the puck breaks penalty kills down. Uh, so we asked our guys, you know, to have that kind of mindset to continue to shoot. But after the Ottawa game, we did a lot of uh, work on our retrieval. So not it's not just getting the shot through it's also the ability the want and determination to retrieve the puck once the shot's been taken so that's an area that that we've addressed as well we've been fairly happy with our entries um there's some you know work to do in the face-off circle and, and being able to establish an early shot there um but you know last night i thought was a something that we can build on there were lots of one battles and we were able to uh, find a way to to produce and, uh, you know, there's stuff to, to work on going forward here on this road trip. I think the big thing for us, though, when we go and we study our, every part of our game, but for our power player in particular, we want to see um, if we're able to generate the chances that we think our group can generate. And, uh, you know, through 10 games, we felt we've had some chances that we didn't, didn't bury, just open nets that we haven't buried. So we've talked to our guys about that as well as about having that type of killer instinct. Uh, I think for us going forward, you'll uh, you'll see us continue to evolve organically, and uh, we're excited about these last couple games on on uh, the road trip here to to really tighten up the screws on the power play. Oilers assistant coach Jay Woodcroft joining us inside sports on 630 Chad. The Oilers continue their road trip against the Islanders and against Detroit coming up here Saturday and Sunday. You'll get both games on 630 Chad. Hey, I want to ask you about something from last night's game because uh, another thing Rob and I discussed after the game 
And uh, I'll be frank with you. I said it on the radio, so I'll say it now that I'm talking to you directly. Uh, did, I didn't really think that was a, a winnable uh, video review. Now, I got a totally different perspective watching it on TV and seeing a replay pretty immediately. Um, it turned out that, obviously, the call on the ice stood. Just maybe take us through the, the decision the coaches had to make kind of, uh, kind of quickly and, uh, you know, having seen it again, how you feel about it. Well, Reed, I would tell you that uh, those types of plays happen very, very fast. And uh, for us, because they happen so fast, and there is a time limit on how quickly you can uh, call the coach's challenge, uh, we have to have a protocol in place. So we have a protocol uh, in place with the people that we have upstairs, Ian Herbers and Dustin Schwartz, who are watching the game uh, as eyes in the sky. Um, and then also through our video coach, Jeremy Capel, who's uh, a little bit more detached and sitting in the, in the coach's office and uh, has the ability to make use of the Hawkeye video uh, replay system provided by the NHL. For us, uh, the information that went into that decision yesterday, we thought it was a debatable one. Uh, we thought that uh, Jordan... Uh, had established himself and in fact was you know pushed in a little bit into the blue paint i thought lundquist uh did a nice job of going into him and almost selling it um but we thought it was a debatable call and uh one worth uh using a timeout for uh for us because it was at a critical point in the game it would have put us ahead um so that, that was the information behind that decision it didn't go our way sometimes they don't uh but, um, you know, that's hockey. All right. And one more for you. I, I mean, a, a tough time for that goal to be scored by Nash last night, obviously. Um, I, I, how do you look at that play by Matthew Benning? Because I, I personally didn't have a problem with him being out on the ice late in the game. I don't think that you can constantly shelter players. But, you know, a tough play for him to be involved in that uh in that game-winning goal. Just maybe talk about Benning's game uh, as a whole. And, you know, hey, he, he took a minus, but I, I don't know if that uh, if that should overwhelm a lot of the good things he did over the two games he played. Well, what I would say to you, Reed, is that he is a young player. Uh, I think he's acquitted himself very nicely over two games. He moves pucks. He jumps up into the rush. Um, he's been a nice compliment for Darnell. Um, on that player in particular, I thought we had a little bit of bad luck. It kind of uh, went off his glove and then his stick and kind of came back into our own end there. And I don't think that was by design in any way. I thought that was a little bit of misfortune. Uh, on the play, on the retrieval part of things, we would have liked to keep the puck moving if we could have. Didn't happen that way. Uh, they were able to get a point shot. In our net play, um, in particular, on that play, but also on a few others during the game, was an area that we feel we can clean up. Uh, we feel that there were a few issues in last night's game, and uh, as I said earlier uh, during the interview here, um, that was something that we talked a lot about today in practice and, and worked on to to try and clean up uh, to get prepared for, as I said, a really talented Islanders forward group. Right on. Well, Jay, appreciate that perspective. I know fans will be uh, interested in what you had to say. And, yeah, best of luck here over the weekend. Uh, let's stop this slide at three, all right? Sounds good, Reed. I appreciate it.
That is Jay Woodcroft, assistant coach of the Edmonton Oilers, checking in. So some comments there on the on the on the power play, and uh, you know he feel he felt okay about zone entries. I, I think faceoffs on the power play continue to be a, con- a concern, and I think you can include the six on five faceoff last night um, that they didn't win. Um, I mean the the Oilers. I mean, a previous caller brought up P.K. Subban. They are not going to get an offensive defenseman of that caliber in the near to medium future. So what do they have to do on the power play? I I think they're going to keep focusing on getting pucks through and probably getting more shots through from the flank as well, not just from the the top of the point. The video review, okay, they thought Lundqvist sold it a little bit. I, I still didn't see that as a challenge. They were likely to win, but at least we get Woodcroft and the coaching staff's perspective there. It is 6.56. You can text 6.36.30. Phone number 780-496-0063. We will update the out-of-town scoreboard when we get back. The Oil Kings in action tonight as well. Morley Scott will tee up the Eskimos and the Argos game. And uh, my goodness, a lot of changes for the green and gold as they get set to take on Toronto. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.